Welcome to How to Trade It, The Road to Trading Mastery. Join Casey Stubbs, a seasoned trader, as he guides you to become a profitable trader. Find actionable insights, real-life stories, and strategies to boost your trading skills. Don't miss the journey to trading victory. Start listening now. Connect with us at podcast at tradingstrategyguides.com. Trading profits are just an episode away. This is the Finance and Markets Cashflow Hacking Podcast, streaming to you live, exposing the methods behind unlocking colossal wealth. Your host, Casey Stubbs. Hello, this is Casey Stubbs. Uh, we're getting ready for the Finance and Markets Cash Flow Hacking Podcast, and I'm here with Greg Whitaker from Debt Shepherd Radio, uh, where he gives a weekly podcast where he gives financial advice and information on how to destroy debt. All right, Greg, uh, thanks for coming on the show. Good morning, Casey. Thank you for having me. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, you're welcome. Uh, so, can you tell me a little bit about yourself, a little background? Yeah, um, I, uh, I was in radio in the late 90s down in the Mississippi Delta, and I met my wife on the internet in a chat room before, really before the internet was popular. And uh, the next biggest market for radio was Nashville, so I moved up here to Tennessee. And uh, maybe a year or two, I worked in TV, just in operations. I was making about five fifty an hour. I really needed to put some bread on the table, so I started to study uh, buying and selling second uh, second mortgages, privately held notes, they call them back in those days, and just organically got into the mortgage business, just pulled out the yellow pages and started making phone calls and got a job about uh, two miles up the road and been in it ever since. It's a, it's, it's a, I'm not getting rich, but it's a good living. Okay. So that's, that's pretty good. So how, how did you actually find out how to get it started in that? Did someone give you some tips or some advice or how did you find, find that path? Uh, I really don't know what it is that drove me to finance. Um, I can remember back in the eighth grade for some strange reason, being interested in being a real estate agent. I don't know why that might've had a tiny little piece in there in my brain, but, uh, I, I really didn't know anything about the business other than what I had read online. And back in the late nineties, <clears throat> there was a lot of information out there. Google was not yet born to my knowledge. YouTube was definitely not born. Uh, Facebook was not born. None of the social media that we have today was born. So there was plenty out there, but you just had to dig a little bit more. Um, it wasn't as freely available free like it is now, but uh, I just started studying the basics. And then I went into the classifieds in the newspaper and I found a guy that was flipping houses and uh, he just needed just a grunt, just, you know, just somebody to run and, and do things. I called him and thankfully he took me under his wing. He didn't pay me anything. I just kind of tutored underneath him. And I learned to call people on the phone, interview them that were selling their houses for sale by owner, find out if they had a good enough equity position for us to buy that property. Uh, well, him to buy the property, he was the investor. And uh, he told me, he said, you need to buy a financial calculator. I paid about $35 for it. And that literally changed my life. When I learned the power of compounding interest, everything changed for me. Okay. Well, you know, uh, I like that story because I think a really for me, a big nugget that I just pulled out of that was that you had someone that you could learn from. And I think that uh, specifically for me, the big story of success is to have mentors and people that have been successful uh, 
and just spending a time with them, working with them, letting them train you and teach you is really huge. Uh, it sounds like you were able to, to get into that a little bit. Yeah, I, I got lucky. Uh, that gentleman, I haven't talked to him in years, and he turned me on to, you know, eFax and uh, multiple email accounts and, you know, a little bit of the tech. Uh, I was heavily into tech in the late 90s and radio. I got lucky in that aspect, and uh, it has helped me tremendously in banking because everything is everything is online, everything is cloud, um, and I still work with people my age. I'm 49 this year in April that don't know that dictionary.com exists. So it's, uh, it's, it's been an interesting, interesting eight years. My wife is actually a retired banker. She's been retired for about two years. So it uh, kind of in the family a little bit, her dad uh, or her grandfather owned a small uh, bank up, up North back in the old days, her mom's a retired banker. So I got lucky and married a woman who's very physically conservative. <laughs> well, that's actually a pretty good pretty good uh, setup then uh, to have your wife help you with uh, managing your finances and to really have the vision for being financially sound. Yeah, we, uh, in 2006, we hit a, we hit a, a roadblock. We were, uh, had, I think two, two credit cards. We were paying 250 a month each on those. So 500 a month was going to plastic. We weren't getting anywhere. We made about 85,000 between the two of us at that time gross. We were both bankers and we were not saving any money. We weren't stupid. Uh, we weren't undisciplined. We just simply didn't have any kind of a plan. So we said, I said, okay, I need, I need to find someone to mentor me, to teach me. And I found a guy by the name of John Commuta. He still is around. He still teaches. He's mainly a publisher. And I paid probably $350 for his package, which I had never done. I took a huge leap of faith at that time. And about two hours in, I found a one worksheet, how to prioritize your debt, how to prepay it, and how fast you'll be out. I didn't need anything else in that box. And I said to my wife, look at the math, check it. She checked it. I checked it. She checked it. I checked it. And in a year we paid off $17,000 in plastic and I had the title of my truck. Okay. So based off of that sheet, did you know exactly how long it was going to take you to get out of debt at that point? Yeah, it was on average. If you use uh, 10% of your net income, this is on average now. This has changed a bit. You know, credit cards have, have gotten a little bit nastier for some, a little bit less for others. Five to seven years on average with 10% of your net income using that to prepay your debt. Uh, Dave Ramsey describes it beautifully as the snowball. He lives right here in the Nashville area. He's very well known. Uh, it's very simple. I didn't invent it. Somebody taught it to me. I thought I was smart. I was a banker. My wife was a banker. And uh, I'd say, I think at that time it was about seven and a half at that point. But uh, we've moved a handful of times uh, to try to downsize, you know, get the mortgage down. And we're now finally at a point where I can be out of my mortgage note in about four years if I continue to prepay. We owe about 48000 on our house. Okay. So the term prepay your debt, what does that actually mean? Uh, we'll just use a simple example. Let's say you have a credit card and it doesn't matter what the balance is. Let's just say it's $5,000. And the minimum payment is 2% of that. Let's just say the minimum payment's 100 bucks. I'm just using a number. It doesn't matter. The math doesn't matter. And every month I send them the minimum payment. Um, you can literally pay on that credit card for decades if you just make the minimum payment because the compounding interest just adds up every single day. It's actually computing while you sleep and getting bigger. So all you do is add more money to the minimum payment. And in our case, the guy recommended to me 10%. And at that time, I was getting lots of overtime. I was getting occasional bonuses. We socked every extra penny we had 
adding to the minimum monthly payment of, of the uh, largest balance credit card. We stopped paying 250 a piece on two credit cards. We went to making the minimum on one and we focused the minimum plus everything we could hammer onto the other one. And that's when everything changed. Okay. So then the, uh, the 10%, that was enough to get you out of debt in one year. Well, we, at that time, we had um, a couple credit cards. My truck only, I only owed maybe four or five on that. We did have a mortgage. That was basically everything except the mortgage. So in a year, plastic was gone, truck title in hand. Uh, it drives better, by the way. When you own it free and clear, it just feels a little <laughs> different. You hang your arm out the window. We did have a house yeah. note, obviously. Um, and we, we knew that was temporary. We only lived there for a couple of years. But the place that we lived before that, our mortgage payment was twice what it was at this place. So we were there for a season and then we moved and we've moved again since then. And, and now we're where we are now. So now I'm finally in that, I'm in that event horizon. I'm wearing the houses in the crosshairs. I'd say four years. Um, we put it on a 10 year note. I've never refinanced in my life and I'm in the mortgage business. But when I saw 3.125 a couple of years ago, I put it on a 10 cause we had just bought the place and now we're prepaying little chunks here, little chunks there. I sent an extra hundred, and over time, it chews the back end of that balance, that principal balance. And before you know it, um, you're, you're looking at a, just a handful of years and you own your house. Greg, what do you think is one of the most important things that a person can do when they're really getting serious about improving their financial situation? Uh, that's a beautiful question. You have to stop spending money. It's uh, we're in a boat. There's a hole. There's a hole in the boat. There's several holes in the boat. That's the, that's the debt coming in. We have to plug the holes. So the simple analogy is if you're going to get serious about getting out of debt, changing things. Uh, and I'm talking about normal working people. I'm not talking. It can be anybody really, but I'm talking about just normal people. I'm not talking about you have five corporations and someone does your taxes and you're writing off depreciation and all that. Just normal, regular people. Just stop borrowing money. And it doesn't mean you'll never borrow money again. You're only stopping for a season so you can get a hold of that credit card that we talked about with the $1,000 balance. And you can focus as much of your gross or your net income. It doesn't have to be 10%. You might not have that. You may look in your budget and you might not be able to squeak out that 10%. You, you may only be able to do five. Anything will get this, this thing started. It's like a brush fire. And once you light it, it just consumes all of the tumbleweeds in your garden. And before you know it, you've got a clean slate you can work from. So it's, it's like the way it's the, exactly the same way that debt gets away from you, but in reverse. Exactly. All you're doing is for a season, you're stopping spending. You're focusing as much extra money on that first uh, uh, debt that you pick, which by the way, doesn't have to be, the largest balance, start with the smallest balance. Dave Ramsey will tell you this, and I don't worship anybody. I'm just using him as an example. You're going to get the quickest kill. You're going to be the cheetah on the Serengeti. You're going to get that small little gimpy little gazelle, and it's going to be a quick mill with the least amount of uh, risk of injury. You're going to have a victory. and you're yeah. going to get, It's going to take time, but once you get going, you're going to start to see, wow, and you can always do the math. Okay, we have 3000 on the credit card. We're paying $400 a month divide the payment into the balance. And I would do that every single two or three months because I just could not stand to have this thing hanging around my neck anymore. You got to get really, really, really sick and tired. That's, that's really what has to happen other than stopping spending money is you got to get fed up. Now, you probably talk to a lot of different people in different financial circumstances that are that, of people that have debt. Do you uh, ever talk to people who feel like it's 
The problem is that they just don't have enough money. And if they only made more money, that would be the solution to the problem. Yeah. I mean, that's really how my wife and I felt as an example. Um, we just didn't seem like our check was big enough. Um, and we did not buy jewelry. We didn't buy fancy cars. We didn't gamble. We didn't smoke. We didn't drink. We didn't do anything that you could say, man, you're really blowing your money. It was car repairs. It was the vet bill. It was things like that. Um, it's, it, it's, it, it can be very, very frustrating. Um, and I just lost my train of thought. My brain just completely snapped. Um, don't have a problem admitting that it happens. It, it's, <laughs> you just have to get tired. You have to really, really get sick and tired, but it, it can be done. It's really not that hard. Once you get used to doing it, it becomes a game and it's just a game that you play every time you get paid. Yeah. You, it's just a game and you just play it and you say, how much more can I add to it? Bonus, overtime, Christmas money, birthday money, that type of thing. Hello, this is Casey, and I wanted to take a minute to tell you about my new book that just came out. It's called Complete Trading System. This is my 25 years of trading experience sharing everything that I have learned in how to make a profit from the markets. You're going to learn about how to find the right instruments to trade, how to find a trend, how to get started as beginners. You're going to learn about how to get the right mindset and you're going to be able to put it all together to create a trading system of your own that will work for you. I highly recommend that you try it out. Just click the link right now. It's called Complete Trading System. It's available on Amazon. Thank you. Go ahead and check it out. I think you're going to love it. What is the real benefit for doing that? Because I think a lot of people may see, well, that is great for him, but he, I can't do that because I'm missing out on this stuff that I want. Um, is it like if, if you're missing out on things that you want, is it really worth it to actually try to get out of that? Uh, for me, it is. And you, basically, you've tapped probably the deepest question that anyone can ask. Greg, and I'm just going to say the question because it needs to be said, and you've led me right into it. Greg, what is the biggest problem in the United States? I can only speak where I live. Delayed gratification. People in America do not know how to delay gratification, typically speaking. Not everyone falls into this category. Most do. You have to be able to say, okay, for a season, I'm going to not buy all the things that I want every single time that I want them. We're disciplining ourselves. And I fall off this wagon, so to speak. You know, I may have a little bit, little bit of a balance on a credit card for a couple of months. I prepay it as quickly as I can. So I'm not a saint and I'm not anti-debt, but it's just for a season. You have to look at your situation and say, if I continue to do what I'm doing, I'm going to continue to go where I'm going and get what I'm getting. And if you want it bad enough, you can adjust your behavior and you can, and you can knock out this debt. It can be done. But most people spend their entire working careers paying interest. And that's why at the end of their working career in the U.S., statistically, about 96, 97% of the people in the country, they don't have anything other than maybe Social Security. They're, they're dead broke. Yeah, and that's pretty scary. I wouldn't want to uh, rely on Social Security uh, for yeah. my life at any time at all, ever. It's scary. Yeah. 
what is the biggest benefit for delaying gratification? You know, we live in the microwave generation, you know, McDonald's, if it's more than one minute at the drive-thru, I'm going to throw a fit. So what, based on our culture, why is it important to delay gratification, especially when it seems like we really don't have to anymore? Uh, I, for me, it's important to delay it in, in certain areas in my life because if I don't, um, I'm going to get to the end of my working life. There's only so much juice in your battery. You know, you can't work. You could work until you die. Some people actually have to do that in other countries. But there comes a time when you're not going to be able to physically get up and, and pour concrete and lay brick and go into the office and do what you need to do because your body and your mind just eventually gets to the point where it can't do those things. And you don't want to get to that point in your life and have a mortgage payment. I've seen people in their 70s refinancing their house on a 30-year mortgage uh, just to get the payment down. You could say, well, they need the cash out. That, that's possible, but it, it breaks my heart to see someone in their 70s refinancing a note on a 30-year mortgage because they know they're not going to live to pay it off but they need the relief for that monthly right. payment or they need the cash for something very, very important. That's not where we want to be. Um, my stepmother has no mortgage. My stepdad has no mortgage. Both my natural parents are gone now. Um, I have a cousin who doesn't have a mortgage. I'm close to not having one. It can be done and I'm not even 50 yet. It can be done. And even if you're 70, you can still do it five to seven years on average with the money that you're currently making. Most people can get out of debt. I think that you're right and that thinking of the future is the biggest motivator to delay gratification because if you're only thinking of the moment now, there's not going to be any real motivation to delay the spending. But if you're thinking of the future and not just maybe your future, but what you can do to impact the lives of others, your family, your friends, your community, even your own time, you know, if you're responsible with your finances now, the impact that you can have in the future can be impact. It can be greatly um, amplified. Yeah. The, uh, the last podcast episode that I did was WWGD upon on the old, what would J what would Jesus do? I'm not a Christian, but what would your grandparents do? That's what WWGD stands for. What would your grandparents do? And the main point of that podcast that I just uploaded about a week ago is you can leave a legacy and it doesn't have to be an inheritance. Most people don't have money to give to their children when they die or land or a home. That's okay. You can leave them your influence, what it is that you do, how you do it, what you speak into them. I don't have any kids by choice. I've never wanted children. I never will have them. I'm physically able to have them, but I choose not to have them. And my wife, when I met her in the late 90s, was unable to have them. So that worked out. But in the end, you've got to look at what it is that you're doing, who's watching, i.e. your children, and what impact are you having on them? I, I hear so many people say, well, that person was born with a silver spoon in their mouth. Rich people teach their children how to be rich. Whether right. they give them money or not when they die is irrelevant. You don't just wake up and have the capacity to handle that much money. That's why people who win the lottery are dead broke in about three years. Right, because there's no container. There's no nothing to, to manage it. It's just, it's just, it's a really silly thing. Yep. I actually went ahead and listened to your episode and I thought it was really good. And the thing that I can take away from that is I have a really good example from my grandparents 
Um, they're still living, both of them today. They're 87. And uh, they've lived in the exact same house since 1950. Wow. They bought the house. I think it was like a 25 or 30-year loan. And it's been paid off for, for like 40 years. It's incredible. But awesome. the, the thing that's really interesting is they grew up in the Depression, so they were very frugal. And I was, they didn't talk about money, but you just see it as an example. Like I was around them a lot, so I saw how they always paid for things. And they never spent more than they can afford. But now they've, they're like just doing extremely well. And the other thing to take away from that is my grandfather worked. It was not a, an extreme job. He was just an average guy, right? I mean, he worked in a machine shop and she stayed at home and took care of the kids. And they're by any standard right now, they're actually would be considered wealthy because of their money management. The, it's amazing um, because everything you've just said, we could talk about literally for hours on end. Um, and, and this has to do with money, and I'm not trying to be political. The family unit is being torn apart for a very specific reason by certain people in power, and that's not a conspiracy. It's a fact. It's mm -hmm. very important what you just said. You saw what they did by example, and the people that bought their home back in, the let's just say, the 50s and the 60s, they paid $25,000, $30,000 for a 1,500-square-foot brick ranch that was brand new at the time. Why is that house now cost five times that much? It's because of a thing called inflation, which means the Federal Reserve just prints money endlessly, and it makes us have to pay more in the future for everything. So right. teaching your kids by example, teaching your grandkids by example with that awesome thing story you shared with us, it's much more important than you think because we live in a microwave generation, like you said earlier. And the internet is causing people to get more and more addicted to instant gratification because of the messaging and the chatting. Yeah. And we have to step back. We being us individually, I used to be mad at the government. I used to be mad at Congress. All those days are gone. It's about self-empowerment. It's about looking at what I'm doing, cleaning my own house. And then if someone comes along and says, great, will you teach me how to sweep the porch and clean my house? I do that but I don't chase people down on the streets and try to teach them because yeah. there's an old saying, don't cast your pearl to swine. Don't waste your time on people who don't want to be helped. And I firmly believe in that. And it definitely applies to finance. I think that I, I'm going to talk about your show. Now your, your radio show. I think that now your message is probably going to be in great demand here in the future because of all of these things that you said, just because of the instant gratification, the internet, the lack of training, the lack of the family unit, we're going to end up, the financial situation of most people's lives is not very good right now as it is, but I think it's going to get even worse. But at some point, people are going to wake up and they're going to be like, I need help. And then that's when they come to a show like yours. Yeah, it's, um, I have a, a student that came to me three years ago. She found me on blog talk radio being interviewed by someone else or I was interviewing them. Uh, great show, by the way, Robert Wesley Branch, top notch. Anyway, um, she is sticking to her plan. She had that little worksheet that I gave her that I told you about, stacking your debts, paying, prepaying them. And right now she's three months away from having just one debt left, which is her student debt. I think it's 10000 20000 She does rent because she lives in New York. Things are a little different there. It's super expensive to buy a house. And she took on a part-time job at a deli and she slices lunch meat 
on the weekends and she's been doing it consistently for three years and she stays in touch with me and she calls me occasionally and we do a little time on online or on texting and we talk back and forth and she's gone through I'm so tired of this job. I can't stand it. I'm about to scream. And I said, you have to focus and know that this is only temporary. And she's been, and I will tell you only about one out of 10 people that come to me actually stick to their plan, stay in touch with me where I can hear really what happened at the end. Uh, but it can be done. And you're right. The, uh, I look at Congress, you know, it's real easy to blame the president, whoever that happens to be. Well, we just spent $1.3 trillion. Yes, we did. And let me explain what that means. Congress borrowed that money from a bank. The Federal Reserve Bank is not part of the government. It's just like a Bank of America. It's just like any other bank. And when they borrow that money, because they lack the discipline to spend within their means, they being Congress, what is their means? It used to be tax revenue. That is out the door. They have an unlimited credit card, and all they do every year is spend more money. Yeah. So if I'm not cleaning up my own finances, I definitely cannot complain about Congress or the president or anybody else passing a spending bill. So once I got my house in order, my wife and I did, things shifted, and then it gets away from blame, and it gets to teaching and sharing, and you, you can do this, and you can pass it on to people. And it's, it's kind of like... I don't have kids. I've never wanted them. But when I teach someone, I sort of feel like I'm taking them under my wing for a little while and kind of helping them. That's kind of like having kids. Well, it actually, when you're teaching people and when you're sharing what you know, that's leaving a legacy because yeah. it impacts other people. And I think that's one most of the definitely. most important things that we can do. Absolutely. So tell me a little bit more about your show. What's it about? How do I get involved in it? How do I listen to it? All, all of the details of that. Uh, very simply, I call it the podcast page, debtshepherd.com, D-E-B as in boy, T as in Tom, Shepherd, S-H-E-P as in Paul, H-E-R-D.com. You'd be surprised how many people can't spell the word debt or the word shepherd. That's okay. A couple <laughs> the of B is words. silent. <laughs> yeah, debt shepherd. You just go to that webpage and all it really is, is the podcast. There's, there's no blinking ads. There's really nothing fancy going on over there. You just see the latest podcast episode there and you can scroll down and see five or six. It's real simple. Um, and then you could type a word into the archive or whatever. So you get over there, you can listen there. Of course, iTunes, you'll find me there. That's really the biggest directory. There's a few others. I don't really track my analytics. I don't really do that anymore. I did in the beginning because uh, podcasting is fascinating to me. I love it. Uh, but if you get over there and check out that webpage, uh, that podcast page, you can listen to a few episodes and then at the top, you've got your standard contact buttons. You click on contact, you'll see my email, you can call me. Uh, there's a little voicemail listener feedback line there. And the whole goal of the podcast is to simply try to get people excited or interested about getting out of debt, cleaning up something in their life as far as their finances go. And it could just be a credit card, a debt, a mortgage. It doesn't have to be everything. Some people don't want to go the full Monty. Some people just want, you know, the side salad. They don't want the full meal. It's okay. Um, and I just meet people where they're at. And that's really what it is. And in a nutshell, the bottom line, the whole reason Debt Shepherd exists is because debt is slavery. Um, it took me a lot of years to yeah. come into that knowing in my gut, in my heart, in my soul, to really know that that is a truth. It's not, a, it's not a, an opinion. It is a truth. And it's designed that way, unfortunately. So once you see what the problem is and you realize you can get out of it, um, you, you can radically change your life because we're talking about 
not having a car payment, not having plastic debt payments, not having any payments at all if you choose, then you can take that money and you can save it, you can invest it, you can give it to your kids, you can give it to charity, you can help friends, family, you can do whatever it is that you want with it. But in the meantime, the bank and the credit card company, they are not evil people. They're people just like Casey and I. They have families to feed. They love their children. They love their pets. They're going to do everything they can to get a little bit of your paycheck every month. And I call those mm -hmm. people business partners. So just fire everybody. Fire your business partners and just yeah. start over again. Yeah. Yeah. So are there any resources on your site? Like you were talking about the sheet. That that sheet sounds pretty interesting. I might actually try to find one of those. Uh, do you have those available on your site? I've actually got some resources up there. I don't know if the, <clears throat> excuse me, if that rapid debt elimination worksheet is actually on there. Um, but you can hit me up if you want to. I'm not going to try to sell you anything. Just send me an email. My contact information is there. And if you're interested in that, I can send that to you. Obviously, you asked me for it, and it's just an email. It's not a big deal. And you just prioritize them. They call it the snowball. Uh, if you like Dave Ramsey, I'll give him a plug. Type, type in his name, Dave Ramsey Debt Snowball Worksheet, and you can find it. Or just type in uh, Debt Elimination Worksheet. It's real easy to find. But if you okay. want to get me, just hit me up. Yeah, it's real simple. And when you see it and you plug it in, you're like, what? This credit card, I've been paying on this thing since my kids were in diapers, and now I'm 50, and you're telling me I can make this thing go away in two and a half years? Yes, you can. A lot of people might be in trouble. They might be listening to your show and they still might need a little more help. You had mentioned earlier that you were working with some people. So if I'm listening and I feel like, wow, I'm really stuck. I need some more help. Is there another uh, level that I could go with you to get additional help to help me really get out of this, this hole? Yeah, basically that's what we call the coaching process. You, you get in touch with me. Um, and we just have a little email exchange back and forth or a text exchange, just kind of feel each other out. You can sort of get to know me. You can call me if you want to, but the basic process is you get in touch with me. Um, we spend 30 minutes on the telephone or Skype for no cost to the, to you at all. Um, and we sort of feel each other out. I find out what's going on with you. I'm like a doctor. I need to know where does it hurt? We talk about these things and the beginning is the work. There's a worksheet that I send you where you just list all your debts all your money that you make, all your bills, everything. So I can see the full picture. And I just do an analysis of that before we have our first session. And if you do decide to do the paid coaching, it's based on your income. So if you make $10,000 a year, the fee that you pay me is very small. If you make $200,000 a year, it's a little bit bigger. So it's on a sliding scale. So I can meet people where they are, if they're in a really bad spot or if they're doing well, but they just want to polish things up a little bit. That's basically how that works. And in, in a nutshell, it's real simple. We do 30 minutes for no cost to you. You decide to do coaching and we move forward there. It's a one-time flat fee. And you get me for, we do like a full 30 days. We get you going with your rapid dental elimination. 30 days later, we uh, check up with you to see where you're at. We fine tune. And then you've got access to me for six months. Not a penny more out of your pocket. You can call me, Skype me. Just give me a couple of days notice. And that's what people typically do is they get going and then they just touch base with me over time. And then they, they hit a milestone and then they call me, what do I do? They start asking questions about buying a new car versus a used car. So I'm always available. And even if after the six months um, that ends, you've always got access to me. I, I talk to people that I dealt with three years ago. I think it, it's really important to have someone that you can talk to through some of these decisions a lot of people don't want to reach out for help, maybe because they're embarrassed or for whatever reason they think that they know everything or 
someone can't help them. But sometimes when you're doing, looking at your finances, you're going to have to make some tough decisions. Yeah. Like you look at your, your sheet and there's just not enough money and there's too many bills, too many debts. And you really look at it and there's like, I don't know how to get out of this hole. And it seems like, and talking to someone could be like, okay, you're going to ha have to cut this. You're going to have to cut that. Even though it's a painful discussion, sometimes yeah. you have to cut away and do some painful things to make forward progress. It's awesome. You brought that up. The, there's the worksheet that I send out where you list all your debts and all your income and all your bills. I've had people tell me through the years, that's the most powerful thing you asked me to do, Greg. And that's before we even get started and before you even pay me a dime for my time and to help you get where you need to go. That worksheet, it changed my life and it changes other people's lives if they want it to, because all they did was look at the mess and face it and go, wow, this is worse than I thought it was, or it's not as bad as I thought it was. Right. Sometimes they laugh and sometimes they cry and that's okay. I'm not a counselor. I'm not a psychologist, yeah. but you're going to go through certain emotions and thinking and things like that. And if you have a partner, if you're married, we're on that call, all three of us, we don't do hubby first and then wife or boyfriend or everybody right. call. Everybody's in, <laughs> on that call. So we're all on the same page yeah. and we just start rocking and you just, it's so empowering. I mean, it's almost like I want to evangelize people to get out of debt. I don't preach against it. I did in the beginning. Then I had to throttle it down and realize not everybody's going to want to completely get out of debt and that's okay. Too. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that is true. I, I'm in your camp. I think it's, it's gives freedom because of the slavery aspect. You know, the, the borrower is the slave to the lender and I yep. want to be free, yep. but not everybody wants to be free. It's their choice. Yep. And that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. You can't force your values on somebody else. That's right. It took me yeah. a while to learn that. Right. That's a good lesson. Well, Greg, I really appreciate you for coming on the show. It's been a great talk, a lot of good nuggets of financial wisdom that you've shared with us, so thank you. Absolutely, I appreciate it. Uh, there, there's a lot of people out there hurting and they really don't think that they can fix the problem. I, I have yet to meet someone who I would recommend bankruptcy to, which I would never do. I would refer them to someone that I know that's far more involved in that, but I haven't had to do that yet. Most people, there is enough room in there, meaning extra money. Yeah. If you shift what you're spending it on to get the process started, it might not take you five to seven. It might take you 10, but that sure as hell beats 30. If you're on a 30 year note, it really does. So if you're listening to this and you think there's no hope, Greg is telling you, give him a call. There could be hope. There's probably Absolutely. hope. And uh, all of the information uh, for Greg is going to be posted below this uh this video, or if you're listening to it on audio, it's going to be linked in the, the blog post, uh, debtshepherd.com. Uh, thank you again, Greg, and it's been a pleasure. Thank you, Casey. You've been listening to the Finance the Markets Cashflow Hacking Podcast. To get all the best financial growth strategies, visit financeandmarkets.com and claim your wealth report strategy. For tuning in to another insightful episode of How to Trade It with Casey Stubbs. We hope you found today's discussion valuable and inspiring. Remember, the road to trading mastery is a continuous one, and your commitment to learning and growing as a trader is the key to your success. 
If you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes, please reach out to us at podcast at tradingstrategyguides.com. Keep listening, keep learning, and keep trading your way to victory. Until next time.